0: We're going to get kind of into it. How you doing, Jim?
1: Good. Thanks for having me. Great to be here.
0: Uh, and Dwayne, Dueno, Coach Dwayne is here as well. What's going on? Dwayne, how are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. Glad to have this guy in finally. <laughs> doing a while. Um. So, yeah, we're going to get right into it. Um, coach, coach Jimmy, uh, Jim Curtin is the, the head coach of the Philadelphia Union. Um, we want to kind of start from the beginning, though, Coach. Um, tell, us, tell us where you're from and uh, when you got started playing.
1: Yeah, look, I I grew up in uh in the Philadelphia area. I grew up in a town called Glenside and moved to Orland, which is about a mile away. Um, you know, played soccer locally for a club that was called Hunter Soccer. Um, eventually moved to uh they started to maybe form I wouldn't call it like uh you know, like not like AAU basketball type team, but th- the team, uh, they, they kind of scouted players, and, and we wound up playing for a team called Buckingham and then Council Rock. Um, so all, all areas you guys are probably familiar with. Um, you know, went to Villanova University, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of. Uh, more of a basketball school than a soccer school, but uh, went there, played soccer, um, had a decent career there, and was fortunate enough to get drafted by the Chicago Fire. Um, played there for about eight and a half years. Got traded to uh, Chivas USA. Uh And then after that, you know, started my coaching career, worked with players age, you know, age three and four, all the way up to 18, boys and girls. Um, You know, really learned a ton in those years, uh, jumping into coaching, trying new things. Um, It was great working with young players. Um, Then got the opportunity to coach uh, as an assistant with the Philadelphia Union. Um, Unfortunately, the head coach got fired and I had an interim uh, opportunity. Uh, And eventually, you know, did well with that interim tag and, you know, have been the head coach now for, for several years. So, uh, that's the very, very quick version of it, but, um, yeah, a lot of, uh, growth and learning along the way, uh, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, but, um, at the end of the day, I'm really fortunate to still be involved in the game uh, that I love and I've never really worked a real job in my life. So I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> in
2: <that regard>. Absolutely. <laughs> So
0: you touched on you started at Hunter. What what age was that that you started playing at Hunter? Yeah, I was like five or six years old. So um, I
1: played, you know, I played all sports growing up and I still would encourage kids. I think it's good to, to play, you know, whatever's in season at young ages. I learned so much from basketball and baseball and, and soccer. And then as I got older, I, I started to maybe uh, specialize. But, you know, for a lot of the young faces that I see on here, it's you know, it's, it's important to try different things and, and get different movements. And I think that that's healthy and normal for kids. And, and being on a team and, and what that means uh, is something that's uh, uh, really important. You know, oftentimes now, um, you know, I don't know what the philosophy is at YTP, but, you know, sometimes you hear kids specializing in, you know, at five and six years old in one sport and, and only playing one position. Um, it's good to experience a lot of different positions so that you understand um, what different players are going through on the field. And, and look, I, the message I would send too is, you know, every young kid's pathway is going to be different. You know, some kids peak at age 12 years old, you know, some, uh, it hits a little later. And then, and, and, you know, every, every trajectory is going to be different. You're going to have highs and lows. You're going to have uh, coaches that make you fall in love with the game. Uh, and, and that part of things is so powerful. Um, But again, stick with things and and along that pathway, uh, you know, continue to push and try to make yourself uh, the best possible player. But yeah, Hunter Soccer was uh, where I started Um, five and six years old, but I tried all sports growing up and, you know, um, had a a cool competitive little group. Um, I was coached by my father. So the coaching, I have to say, has improved drastically. I love my dad, but he was a football guy. (laughs) He didn't really know the ins and outs of soccer at all. He was just trying to you know, put a young group of kids together. And we had some really talented players. But um, at the same time now, I, I go to young training sessions now, and what kids are, number one, what they're doing with the ball is, is incredible. I didn't learn until I was a, a professional, you know, uh, in a lot of regards. They're doing at age 10 and 11 years old. So um, the game has come so far in this country. Um, but, yeah, I started just like a, a local neighborhood-type team um, with, you know, volunteer-type coaching. Um, but it's been really cool to see now. Uh, as I look out here, you know the the high quality coaching that they're getting, uh, and and just how much uh, further the game is along than when it was when I was young.
0: So so how you mentioned your dad was a football guy. How do you get into how do you get into soccer uh, at that an age when when your dad's coming from a completely different sport? Yeah, look, I had a
1: a football, a football family. Uh, you know, uncles that were you know big linebackers in in uh, you know in college and different things. and My dad played. Um, uh, was a defensive back and played football at a at a, at a decent level. Um, you know, soccer. I have to be honest, and, and a lot of the young kids on this might not know this, but soccer, uh, for a little while, was was made fun of a little bit. It wasn't, um, you know, a, as much of a respected sport as it is today. Um, um, so for me, it's been it's been awesome to watch the growth of things. Uh, and for when the time I grew up, I I looked up to and aspired to be, you know, like. Charles Barkley and Allen Iverson, and I I wanted to be like Randall Cunningham and and Eric Lindros from the Flyers because there was no pro soccer team in the city. The cool thing now is all these young kids, boys and girls, have uh, players in this area. They can look up to uh, Brendan Aronson, for example, from the Philadelphia Union, who's at 18 years old, you know, a a really great player in our league, and and they can say, I want to be like him, and I want to play in Subaru Park Field for the Philadelphia Union. That's really special and powerful. Um, that maybe you guys are both younger than me. I'm, I'm 40 now, so, I mean, I, I'm going to sound really old to to the young kids, but I didn't have, um, you know, players to look up to. I looked up to uh, – there was an indoor team at the time, the Philadelphia Kicks, and then I also looked up to the older players from the neighborhood that were, were great Philadelphia players, but they didn't have the opportunities to play pro because there was no league yet.
0: Yeah, no, um, very, very true. The, kind of how different it is, even even in the gap of – the like you said 10 years 13 years between us and you how different it was kind of growing up Mm -hmm. Um, so growing up playing at hunter growing up in glenside um where where did you kind of reach your level your level of success as a as a youth player where you kind of were on the trajectory to kind of go to go to a good high school go to go to college for soccer
1: yeah look i remember those as being you know feeling at the time, like very, very big, important decisions, um, you know, as a as a young player, you know, aspiring to play high school soccer um, at the highest level I could and be a starter for the varsity, for example, um, and that was a, a process that was, was good. I, 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 you know, I, I, again, had a lot of struggles and, and highs and lows. I was, I was, gosh, I was, my freshman year of, of high school, I was Five foot five, and by my senior year, I was six foot four. So, you can wow. imagine growing almost a foot in a in a three in a three to four years time. I went through a lot of challenging, you know, different things that kids go through. So, um, you know, for all the, the the small kids out there that maybe think uh, they're too small, or big kids that think they're you know haven't grown into their body yet. Look, it, 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 like I said before, it it happens at different times for different kids, and it clicks at different moments. So, um, stick with it. Uh, and again. Uh, You know, the cool thing about soccer is size doesn't really matter. Uh, There's fast guys that uh, can dominate a game for sure, but there's also players that maybe don't have the most speed, but they can think and see the game uh, quickly, and and they can be just as dominant. Um, So it's the really cool part of our game. Uh, And, and again, I've gone through a lot of challenges in my career, but, um, you know, setting myself up to play, Ultimately, I wanted to do my parents a favor and financially try to get a, a college scholarship. That was the goal um, before I ever even dreamed of playing professionally um, just because of the financial burden. And, you know, I was able to do that with Villanova um, and then worked hard there and, you know, um, was, was lucky enough to get drafted by the Chicago Fire and, and have a decent uh, professional career.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Touch on real quickly, um, kind of the high school process. Um, where did you where did you go, end up going to high school? So,
1: I went to Bishop Mcdevitt, um, which was a uh, just a small Catholic school um, you know in the Philadelphia area, um, played in what was the Philadelphia Catholic League, which was very competitive at the time. A lot of incredible players came through there a lot of guys that that did turn professional and played at a high level. Um, my brother and sister went to the they were also they were maybe better at sports than me but they went to germantown academy uh which was a, a, a probably a, a nicer school i'll just say my, my school is a little rougher <laughs> um, but again yeah during that process you know you have have to weigh your options um what things like you know what is the coach like at the school what is uh, what are the academic standards or do i uh you know what 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 areas do I want to explore? So, again, I know there's some youngsters on here. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But there's a lot that goes into those decisions, and you have to have um, good people around you um, that will help you. And I think it does start with, you know, a coach that you get along with uh, goes a long way. And, it, you know, at, at a young age, it's most important just to, to fall in love with the game. You know, that's the, the number one step. So I always say, you know, rather than which kid was the best player on the day or which kid, uh, you know, scored the most goals, I always look for the kid that had the most fun out there. And, and that's usually a kid that's going to um, fall in love with the game, stay in, in on it, be the kid that does uh, work hard to improve in the backyard. They put the iPads down and they put the uh, video games down and they get back in the backyard and want to improve themselves uh, each and every day. Those are the ones that uh, ultimately um, make it to become starters on high school, some college scholarships, and then some even professionally and even the national team, whatever their goals and aspirations might be. Um, it's it's kind of a simple way to put it Um, it it comes down to who's willing to do the work when when nobody's watching and what I mean by that is um, it's easy um, you know when when your moms and dads uh, and and your grandparents are out on this at a tournament and they're on the sidelines and they're cheering you on and and your team's winning games and you're winning trophies those are the the easy moments and the fun moments and um, it's fun to do it then Um, but now when uh, you know n- nobody's watching and you're in the backyard uh, are you willing to practice that extra 10 15 minutes to improve yourself and improve your game um, you know those are the the kids the boys and girls that I see um, have the most success not only in sports but also in in life in terms of discipline I don't want to get too deep on, on you guys I know it's a young crowd but <laughs> a couple of life lessons
0: where the guys <laughs> important. expand on anything you want to expand on just excited to hear you talk (laughs) yeah so so going through the high school portion um what's the recruiting process how was that with you for at from Bishop McDevitt to going to Villanova can you touch on that for a little bit
1: yeah it's it's you know it's it's a process I have to be honest um my parents weren't weren't very well educated on it it can be a very um overwhelming process it can be confusing um what's real what's not real you know what uh you know what makes sense for for the kid it's it's challenging you know and it's changed significantly since since my time uh, and gosh you see young kids committing and you know as as sophomores and juniors in high school committing already to universities where mine was a lot later in the game that senior year it came down to for me um I I had my final choice was between Villanova. I think Drexel was involved, Princeton, and Notre Dame. Don't ask me how I got into Princeton. It was because I could kick a ball pretty good. But (laughs) um, that was kind of my final four that that I decided between. And, um, you know, I just remember it being overwhelming. So it's not – I'm not going to sit here and say it's an easy process by any stretch. And I'm sure parents have lots of questions. And, you know, there's a lot more – research you can do now on the internet but back in my day it was uh you know I, I got in the car with my dad and we drove around and we visited schools and and you know college coaches that called and had interest in me um but there was not real um connections like I think you can have more of today with things like this this was a cell phone and then and, 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 uh it's just easier to communicate more now um rather than Gosh, the phone calls and the, the busy signals that these kids don't even know about. <laughs>
0: so it was a different right. time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so throughout the, the college process, how, how important was the, uh, the scholastics to, to going to school where, for you um, in choosing Villanova?
1: Look, even at the, even at the professional level, um, they don't just want talent you know there's so much more than kids that can kick a ball so much more goes into it um, coaches at the the college level and coaches at the professional level uh, they want the full package and what I mean by that is they want kids that are going to do the right thing uh, again when no one's watching or they want the kid that you know if a team's losing two or three zero they're not yelling at their teammates and and, and being a bad sport uh, about things they're the one that the ones that put their, puts their arm around their teammates and, and tries to make them better and get the most out of them. So um, I say it all the time, even in my locker room, it's very easy um, to find problems and point out uh, the problems and the negative things. Um, but the real winners and the real people that, that get things done look for solutions. And it, it's so simple, but um, you see it in every line of business, whether it be companies, whether it be sports teams, whether it be college teams, whether it be youth teams. Uh, it's the same, The same things apply, and, and you really want those people that that strive to find solutions rather than um, you know find out the negative things, which is easy to do to point out
0: and just for the record was was Larry Sullivan still the coach while you were there
1: Larry was, and then uh, again, Larry was my uh favorite and and again, your connection with your coach is 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 going to be unique to each player for sure, um, and there's going to be coaches you love. Uh, and there's going to be coaches you maybe don't love at the time, but you'll look back 10 years from now and say, wow, I learned a lot of things from him, you know, and Larry was a guy, um, you know, that I connected with on a, on a human level. Uh, he was hard on me. Um, it was the right fit for me to grow uh, and develop as a soccer player for sure. But also as a, as a, as a young man at a university who who maybe thought he had all the answers and, and in hindsight had no answers and no idea what he was doing. So, Um, again he was a perfect fit for me and he's a guy that I basically owe my entire uh, career career to uh, in in soccer and and gosh he's let me now because of Larry Sullivan and the connection I had with my college coach it's it's enabled me to literally travel the world play this game and and also now coach it and, and see different things all over the world so I owe everything
0: to him to be honest so What's your what's your favorite Larryism? I always like. Oh man,
1: Larry can bring it. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of Larryisms that can't be said on this uh, Zoom call. Young kid. Um, the, the the one thing that um, Coach Sullivan would always do is tell you the truth. You knew exactly where you stood with him at all times. Um, he would let you know when he, you played well, and he would let you know when you needed to improve things. So I think as players, that's what we always want. We don't want things to be sugar coated and, and kind of you know told to us in a way that isn't um, we don't feel like we're being told the truth and you always knew where you stood with Larry and he was one of the best um, developers of uh, bringing a team together uh, as possible and look I, I won a lot of games with Larry but we also we lost a lot of games together and in, in life for the young kids you'll learn so much more in the times in the hard times when you do lose and you fail um, and and the biggest question is now how do you respond when you have mistakes or you have a bad game? Um, you know, those are the the real trying times. And um, Larry was great for me in that he always pushed me uh, through those tough times. And I was tough to coach, trust me.
0: <laughs> so, uh, kind of going back, maybe we should have touched on it a little bit earlier. But what what kind of playing style would you would you consider you had as a player? Seeing seeing that you kind of grew, if you said you grew, a yeah, football.
1: yeah. So at a at a young age, um, you know, I I I was I scored, scored a lot of goals, um, and was successful in that way. Um, but as I advanced in the levels and, you know, uh, more and more talent became around, came around me, I found myself moving back a little bit more. So I went from a forward to a midfielder and then ultimately in college and professionally as a, as a central defender, um, you know, I think playing all those positions though helped me see the game a little bit differently. Um, I was physical. I wasn't the fastest player, uh, so I was I was pretty slow to be honest. But I I studied the game and I thought I I could see things pretty early and you know was pretty studious in terms of you know the I had a little book that I kept track of all the forwards that I played against and tried to know their tendencies and and I needed to do that because maybe I wasn't as um, athletically as gifted as some of them at the pro level. So, um, you know, yeah, you have to find your strengths and, and recognizing your weaknesses. And, uh, you know, trying to play to both of them uh, is is really important. And, look, for young players now, you talk about the process of high school coaches and, and college coaches and what they're looking for. Um, there's so many talented kids now um, that they're just kind of good at everything, which is which is great which is really, really good and, and important to be well-rounded, absolutely. But now, if you happen to be a left-footed player that maybe um, can cross a ball really well, become the best that there is at, at crossing a ball with your left foot because that will stand out to a coach in a big way. If you're good in the air, and, and I, I guess I can't talk about heading here because maybe some of the kids are too young, but for example, you know, if, if you're good at, at, at finishing in the box and that's your thing, become the best at that. If you have speed, uh, utilize that to stand out and separate yourself. So um, it still is good to do that one thing exceptionally well that separates you. I think it's still important to be well-rounded, but um, oftentimes now in the U.S., I, I go to academy games or, you know, oh, my, here's my dog. My dog's jumping on me. Um, I go to academy games and, and everybody kind of looks the same, you know what I mean? Um, and and that's, it's good and there's really good soccer being played who 's standing out and and I have to tell you guys from you know uh, from a coach's perspective now and, and what really jumps off the table to, to different coaches is someone that that thinks a little different there, there he is, <laughs> who, who sees the game a little bit different um, who can kind of you know make a special play um, you know and, and really separate themselves from the rest of the pack We really do look for that and be creative and have fun man take chances I really have to encourage kids to do that it 's good to have structure from us coaches but also see things your own way and, and try, try difficult things like the Clint Dempsey's of the, of the world, you know, it's important.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that's great advice. Kind of getting, kind of getting back into um, the, the, the end of your college career, kind of what is, what is the, um, well, I guess we can go more to the, to the beginning. What's the difference between jumping from high school and club soccer to the college level?
1: yeah so everybody you know we'll talk about the physical part of things um, you know that that is real for sure uh, the strength and the speed of things is quicker, but for me it's it's the mental side of things um, how how mentally strong are you how quick can you see things um, you know how how much faster your first touch there can't be any wasted motion so if you're receiving a ball in in high school and you, you receive it, and then your head goes down, and then you start to pick it up. In college, the moment's gone, and, and the play's over, and the window of opportunity to pass the ball forward is gone. Um, it gets magnified even more at the pro level. I'll, I'll never forget the experiences I had. Um, there's always a next level. So we, I played against Real Madrid, and at the time, you guys won't even know who these guys are, but um, David Beckham was on the team. Zinedine Zidane was on the team. It was uh, the Galacticos, Roberto Carlos, and – Kaká was there. It was amazing. It was a whole nother level. And I had thought I was at the prime of my career, just made the all-star team. And here I am. And then you just get completely humbled and and they have a way of thinking and and playing. um, That is just, it's just different. It's almost like they're playing a different sport. So um, I would encourage kids to to recognize now there's always another level to uh, aspire to get to. Um, You know, I had moments in that game where uh, I got embarrassed, but I also, you know, learned from it. So, um, you know, you have to think the biggest change from, as you move up these levels is how quick the the brain works. And, you know, it's, it's something that you can work on in training sessions, little things like, you know, we use it in our warmups, just cognitive things with reactions to different colors for even with the pros and how quick they can process things in their brain and get it firing quickly. It it helps so much. And there's so many little activities that um, we utilize at the pro level that, that, Get you ready for that it's important
0: and then um, I guess my follow-up to that would be um, going through college going into your senior year what's the process kind of of you getting into the MLS and, and getting drafted kind of t- take us through that kind of th- that those couple months or the year of, of your senior year when that's becoming a possibility
1: yeah so um, it was much different at the time there wasn't the it wasn't on ESPN the draft was not a, a big you know, to do like it is now. And I'm going to tell a story that I do not want these kids to follow. I very much, I very much value school and school should be priority number one. Um, but I was selected. I was quite literally sitting in a finance class at Villanova. Um, I got a call from the head coach of Chicago. He said, we just selected you with the 26th pick. Um, you know, you can come down to Florida now and join us in preseason, and you'll have a, you know, you'll have an outside chance to make what is a very talented Chicago team. Uh, I was kind of like, I, I think I need to finish school. I mean, you know, I only have, you know, a few months left. Um, he said, you can do that, but uh, that moment, that that spot for you might be gone. Um, so I quite literally, moment of truth, walked out of my finance class, and I uh, rolled the dice and, and went down to Florida and, you know, made the team and that was the right decision for me with the mindset that, you know, you can always go back and finish school, stay in school, kids, except uh, in that moment um, I, I chose um, to do that because I thought it was best for fulfilling my dream uh, to become a, a pro player. A little bit selfish decision, I guess, but at the same time, it, it worked out successfully for me um, and I'm, I'm grateful I made it.
0: Bet on You bet on yourself.
1: Yes, yeah, that's a good exactly. way to put it. But I don't want any. I know there's parents on here, so I don't want to send any wrong messages. Trust school's important. <laughs> it comes fresh. Absolutely.
0: Well, take, take us through kind of your mindset after you walk out of the finance class. You get down to Florida. What's what's what are you, what's Jimmy Curtin thinking when he gets down there? What's what's going through your head? How are you? How are you preparing to make this team?
1: Well, I had had probably. I had a level of what I thought was fitness in college in my brain. And then when you got into the 80 degrees down in Florida, 90 degrees and uh, a different level of player, and maybe it had a little too much fun in college, um, it hit me pretty hard. The first training session, man, I felt like, gosh, I, I don't belong here. This is, this is too much. And it was humbling and it was embarrassing. Um, but as the days went by and the time passed and a couple people helped me out, Um, and saw a young 20 year old kind of struggling Um, they put their arm around me and helped me out and uh, for that I'll I'll, I'll be grateful for forever and I was very again things in life are you need a little bit of luck you need timing and you need good people around you Um, and I had that Um, it turns out now 18 of the guys that were on that team now either coach in MLS or coach professionally in Europe or are involved as, as general managers or are still involved in soccer. So I got thrown into this group of great people um, that now all coach throughout the league. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but that was my kind of uh, break. Uh, but I would stress to every kid, and I say this with sincerity, what, what are the age groups here? What's the, the, the scope
0: here? Uh, you know, we have why. anything from U-9s up to high school, U-17, 18s.
1: Right, so, so – at all levels. So if you threw a U9 into our top union youth academy, it might be fast at the start for you, but I guarantee you, as a week went by, as two weeks went by, you would get yourself comfortable and you'd realize, hey, I'm just as good as these kids. Okay? That is something that I, I firmly believe in. I could throw some of the 17 and 18 year olds into our practices right now because we have 16, I have a 15 year old that trains with us now every day um, and he holds his own. Was it hard at first for him? You're darn right it was, and his head was spinning. But he needed a little bit of uh, an acclimation time. Uh, you know, he 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 would ask questions, and you talk to him about what we're asking of him with our philosophy and our style of play. And then all of a sudden, now they start to get a little more comfortable. Is it tough physically for them? Yeah, naturally. Yeah, a guy who's six foot four and two hundred pounds is going to push around a, a kid who's you know five six and and a hundred and twenty pounds. That that's natural, but I'll tell you what, you know, I, I guarantee there's a 17 or 18 year old kid here who we throw in and it would take them a week or two, but they would, they would recognize, Hey, I'm a good player and I belong. So, um, you guys are in a good club now. And as you move up the levels, um, you'll start to recognize now, um, you know, the, just by looking around and, and recognizing your talent, um, where you fit in, um, you can, you can make things happen and make things work, uh, at, at any level. I believe that.
0: So, so, um, Starting starting as a rookie in, in Chicago on which what you like you said was a very good team. Um, kind of how how does that set up the rest of your career, kind of kind of going through and having a, a solid group of veterans kind of helping you right away? Is that is that is that something that you think benefited a kind of longevity for your career?
1: Yeah, it was everything. Look, I think a real key is is recognizing and having the self awareness to recognize where you fit into the team. So I wasn't the most talented player, I, I could look around and I, I sized that up pretty quickly. I knew I was going to be uh, a role player on our team, which, which, was, which was still important. And you could have a career, uh, a 10-year professional career by being that role player. So, um, you know, I, I embraced that part of things, um, you know, and, you know, I fit into the team well. Um, my first game, again, I say it all the time, a little bit of timing and luck, Uh, two guys got red carded and one guy got injured and I wound up starting uh, in our home opener in Chicago and I can remember the opening whistle blowing and going how the heck did I get here Um, but that was my opportunity and I I took it and ran with it I played a good game and stayed in the lineup for the rest of the the season so um, we all get little opportunities and chances and uh, when you have prepared yourself well enough for a long time you always have to be ready uh, for when that opportunity comes and and when you get it you want to grab a hold of it and, and never let it go and I tell that's all my players now too when they get their first debut or their first start um, I'd say it not to make them nervous but um, this is an opportunity now where you want to show your coaches so much uh, and you want this so bad that they can't take you off the field again and that's often what they do you know because. Um, you showed a belief in them uh, through the process as well.
0: Um, That's great. What was it like playing in Chicago? Um, again, like we said, it was back then. It was more of a a staple in the MLS and one of the the main focal points in the MLS. What was it like playing in Chicago?
1: Yeah. Look, aside from all the trophies and, and championships that we won, which was nice, um, just the relationships that you have. Like even even this year, this off season, that my my close friend there now coaches at at Red Bull Salzburg in Austria and I got to go see him uh, for a week of training we're all still in touch you know the memories that we have um, just like you guys all have with your different teams that you play with um, those last forever and it's a, it's a cool thing to share a lot of uh, memories from the game um, you know I rem- have memories of the the big crowds in Chicago and um, you know it needs to be said though the league has grown so much in 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 the time since I've been there. You know, soccer has risen to a level that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. The fact that I can turn on the TV in the morning and watch three English League games, two Bundesliga games, and then MLS all night, I never thought it would get to that. So that part really is, uh, is special. And I think all the, the people in Philadelphia in this area um, are proud of that and are happy to have it. So um, the opportunity there for for kids uh, boys and girls, I know Philly is going to eventually get a, a girls professional team here soon um, they 're they're, they're more and more uh, and look i 've talked to um, different groups about this too the The opportunity for jobs in the game is at an all time high so look every kid on this call um, the, the the chances are isn 't going to become a professional player that 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 's just statistically maybe how it 's going to fall out, but at the same time now. There are jobs in sports performance at, at, at the Philadelphia Union and, and all the clubs in MLS. There's jobs in analytics. There's jobs in uh, scouting. Gosh, I just sent a kid who was came to us as an intern. Um, he now is our scout in South America. He lives in Chile. It's paid to watch soccer games and report to me a couple times uh, uh, a year. I mean, what a job, you know what I mean? So there's so many opportunities in the game that we all love um, that are popping up now in the, in the country. Uh, and, and that's something that is, is awesome to see and, and something that uh, gets me excited. You know, it's it's really cool to see how much the game's grown over the years.
0: Do you guys feel, uh, as some of the early MLS guys, do you, do you guys, in the newer MLS, do you guys feel a yeah. in that uh, and kind of... Started?
1: Totally. Yeah, I mean, we sound like the old the old guys on the uh nfl films back in the old nfl days in my day you know we stayed in the junkie hotels i mean you should see how the players are treated now compared to uh to our days and the amenities and the the way that they travel and the way uh yeah the the meals and the full-time masseuses that we have on the road for them it's it's a different level uh, than what we were used to and yeah ever since david Beckham came um I'll just say the hotels have ramped up every year uh, <laughs> now it's, uh now they're they're beautiful the the places we stay and get to see all over the world to be honest it's it's incredible
3: what was <laughs> the biggest difference for you between where you, when you played and where it is now
1: oh man so look the just the more there's so much more permanence in it now um when I came into the league as a twenty year old they had just retracted I played my first rookie season. They, then they retracted two of the teams. Miami left the league and T- and Tampa left the league. So it was down to 10 teams. It was on life support. You know, one owner owned six of the teams. So wow. if he woke up one day and was angry or had a bad night's sleep, he could have pulled the plug on the whole thing. And and you could feel that in the locker rooms, you know. There wasn't a sense of permanence like there is now, where you have these beautiful stadiums in every city. You have 20,000, 30,000 people coming out to watch games. People are watching it on TV. It's becoming cool, you know what I mean. You, you, I walk around my neighborhood yeah. in Philly now, um, and and every kid has not only uh, a Barcelona or Madrid jersey on, but there's Union jerseys on down here. And there's there's occasionally I'll see a Red Bull jersey and get angry, but still it's a soccer <laughs> jersey. You know? so the game right, has right. grown so much. It's cool seeing kids, um, you know, that know all the players, and, and it's just grown to a level that uh, I never thought I would see. You know, and you look again. The talent is certainly more. Um, We had great players in the league back then, for sure. But I would say it's deeper now. You know, you go through. We have 30-man rosters now, and we have academy kids that kind of fill out the bottom of our roster, and they're doing things that are super special and unbelievable. Whereas, you know, in my day, there was two goalkeepers and only 16 field players. So there was talent, but. It just wasn't there. Wasn't that many jobs to be honest. So um, the top end was good, but now I would say the depth of, of players is is really improved. And now you're starting to see too younger players are coming here in their prime, um, which is big. When I was in my prime, you know, David Beckham was towards the end of his career. You know, Risto Stoichkov was at the end of his career. Um, these guys were, uh, Carlos Valderrama was at the very end. You know, so they were coming over in their 30s and 40s. Whereas now, um, because of things like the league improving. Um, the, the the living in the USA is 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 appealing to them, um, and the soccer's really good now. Um, you're getting younger players coming over in their prime. For um, needs to be said too, for the money has changed it a lot too. The guys get paid very very well now. Um, so, yeah, I look back on that as one of the bigger changes too, and that helps.
0: For sure. Yeah. Who's, so who, who's as a defender? Who was the toughest player to defend in the MLS in your in your nine years?
1: Oh man! First of all, you guys ask better questions than the journalists than, uh, in, <laughs>
0: in this country. So this has been good.
1: Um, <laughs> toughest player? Oh man! So mine's mine's a funny one, and it won't be. You know, I, again, I got to play against some really really talented big names. Um, you know, I'm trying to think who. There was a guy, Jeff Cunningham, who no one will know, but he scored like – he scored probably 140 goals in MLS. Mm -hmm. Um, He just gave me problems because he was what I wasn't. He was super quick um, and explosive, and he had a way that he would rather embarrass you than score a goal, and he did that to me quite a bit. So he would beat me, pull the ball back, beat me again, and every time I played against him, he just gave me a really, really tough time. I strangely did good against – Maybe the more um, household names. Like I, I did okay against Landon uh, Donovan when I would go against him, or Clint Dempsey. I loved playing against him. He was super talented, but he brought a lot out of me. But for some reason, there's a guy, Jeff Cunningham. Again, he should be a household name because if you look up his, his stats, it's incredible. But he just gave me fits, man. I couldn't, I couldn't cover him, and he killed me. He ate me up a lot. This is gonna bet. This kind of question will bore these young kids. They don't know who I'm even talking about. <laughs> but there were some good players back then.
0: <laughs> He's got the second most goals in MLS history, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> they're up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, one six years, six years in Chicago, or seven years in Chicago, and then you're traded to Chivas USA. How, yeah. How's that? How's that feel? Kind of having pretty much your whole career in Chicago, and then you you have to move away.
1: Yeah, getting traded is uh is difficult. I don't wish it on anybody. Unfortunately, now I'm a coach, so I I have to do it sometimes. Um, you know, I got traded right when I had my I had had my first child. I think for she was probably 3 or 4 days old and I got the call that I was traded. So, that was a difficult timing. Um, could be going to a worse city though. We lived on the beach in Hermosa Beach, so I can't complain too much. So, it was uh again, it, it's a team that's not in the league anymore. Um, they get made they get made fun of quite a bit. But when my time there, I loved it. You know, we actually had a really good squad. We had a good team. Um, players like Jesse Marsh were playing there. Ante Razov. Um, you know, it was a it was a good group, and and I learned a lot there. Um, and again, living on the beach uh, like that makes you uh, puts life in perspective. You get why those Californians are a little they're wired a little differently than Philadelphians. You know, and uh, they're a little softer than us. But I kind of I got why, you know, you, you have a bad practice out in California uh, and you, you're angry at yourself, but then you walk on the beach with your kids and your, and your wife and you go, okay, there's, there's more important things, you know.
0: So it so
1: gave me a snapshot of, uh, of why the Californians are think a little different than, uh, than us tough Philly, Philly folks.
0: <laughs> and then moving, just continuing to go out up your career here, two years in Chivas and then uh, call quits was it was it the body let, letting you down or was it just you thought it was time to come home what was what was the the um thought process there
1: yeah i won't bore you guys with it too much but you know i was young i was 30 years old i could have played for for probably four or five more years i think um but but um the life of a pro athlete is a it's a selfish one so what i did not want to become is what i saw often um was guys that maybe were were chasing it all over the country maybe taking less money and and dragging their families around I didn't think that was the right thing or fair at the time so I kind of hung them up a little bit earlier than I I probably could have but it turned out to be the best decision in my life because it got me into my coaching career earlier you know I was 30 years old um, still had a ton to learn but it it, it made me dive right into that um, you know coaching young players and working with boys and girls at, you know, really young age. I, I think I said it already. You know, I went from my final game as a pro was against David Beckham in the LA Galaxy. They beat us. And, you know, fast forward I, about a year later, um, I'm literally in a in a goal with four and five-year-olds that are blasting soccer balls at me. And it was pretty humbling, you know. But at the same time, it was uh, a process that I, I still look back on. Uh, and You know, I think it was the right decision at the moment.
0: Yeah um so and moving moving into your coaching career you started you started at with ysc correct yes um how does that how does that transition like you just said it was a little humbling how does that transition kind of go are you calling are you calling somebody up asking for it or they 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 calling you asking for you to come up out how does that whole process start
1: Yeah, I was fortunate to to connect. Um, You know, I had heard about a new project uh, at YSC Sports where they were going to build a facility and then had aspirations of having the Philadelphia Union Youth Academy there. I met a guy named Richie Graham who's been incredible and a huge part of my growth and development as a coach uh, and a person. Um, There was also a man there, Ian Monroe, uh, who is an incredible coach and former player from Scotland that I've learned a ton from. Um, and I've used and still text all the time after, before and after games for advice. Um, so, again, I, I've been really lucky with the, just the people I've met. And, again, you can talk about you can talk about tactics and formations and different things in soccer and in the game, but it still comes down to the, the relationships you have with people, you know, just like any other company. And, and the ones that thrive are, are the ones that have good relationships and can relate to people and can work with people. So I've been lucky to meet a lot of people along the way that um, – had my back and, and wanted me to uh, succeed um, and were great mentors and, and leaders for me that I took a lot of advice from and stole a lot of ideas from and make, I encourage all you kids out there steal take ideas from people and take moves from people and watch the game and, and, and you know pick a player on the field and don't just watch the ball travel around the field but watch how the player that in the position that you play how they move and how much they run off the ball uh, because again, Gosh, in a ninety-minute game, you're—it's been done in studies. You actually only touch the ball to about two, two and a half minutes, and what do you do okay. the other eighty-eight? You better be moving and running in a smart way. So, get yourselves fit. You can control that. You might not have the best right or left foot, but you can control how in shape you are. Uh, and now I'm off on, uh, on a so I'm coaching tangent. So. No, that, that's no, the fitness side is big for kids. It's re- it really is. Um, it's a running sport, no question about it. And, and that's something that we all can control and improve on, especially in uh, a time like this when we're in our houses for the past 68 days. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> so
3: how
0: does, how, does, how, does, how does one get from a pipe, kind of what was a pipe dream at the beginning with the Philadelphia Union and the academy and all to now yeah. be head coach of, of the city's team, of the city's professional team? Kind of, kind of, run us through that 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 journey. Yeah, it's it's
1: wild. Um, it's a wild story for sure. Uh, a lot of people that helped me along the way. Um, a lot of people that believed in me. Um, so again, I'm in debt to a a, a lot of uh, a lot of important leaders uh, along the way. Uh, again, I don't like talking about myself too much, but you know, it's it's, So it's uncomfortable for me. But uh, you know, I I think I had some success with. Uh, I think the big kind of tipping point was when our our U-17s won a national competition in the – it was called the Generation Adidas Cup against all the other MLS teams. Again, ultimately winning still does draw a little bit of attention. Uh, I'm still a big believer in development, but, you know, when you win and develop, I think that is the best recipe um, for for learning and growth. Um, I think that kind of brought some eyes to what I was doing. And then, you know, I, I got asked to do some scouting reports for the first team um maybe they made a good impression and we won a few games and the first team did uh and then eventually came the assistant coach and then the head coach so um yeah again it's uh I don't want to talk too much about like you know what I did good or anything like that but uh it still came down to the good players you know I have people around me that made me look good um and I put my hand up and say I was named the head coach at age 34 the youngest coach in the league I put up my hand up and say, I had no business. I was not ready, you know, uh, of course, publicly in the press, I have to stay, I want the job and I'm ready to go, but there's just so much to learn. Uh, I was fine with the the training sessions and the, the man management, I could do that part of things, but to, to take on uh, an entire club and be kind of the face of it, I wasn't ready for that. Um, I Faked my way through it at times as you, you have to, um, but uh, I, I'm grateful that they gave me time to, to grow and learn on the, on the fly. Um, so that part was uh, a real growth and learning experience for me. And look, I've had um, five different sporting directors along the way, and I've learned from each of them, you know. So you always have to be trying to improve yourself. Uh, if you get stagnant and think you're good enough or you think you've mastered everything, um, you die pretty quickly and you're out of the game. Um, so you have to always be adjusting to how the game changes uh, taking new ideas, always trying to learn and grow, um, just like any other thing in, in in life that we
0: that we approach. Um, so, aside from aside from the tactical perspective and and being knowledgeable of the game, what's the biggest thing you've taken from your career playing through the MLS to to your coaching career right now?
1: Yeah, you know, it's tough to to go from a player to a coach because it's a different it's a different lifestyle. the 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 hours are completely different um you know when I look back into my playing days I wish I did more you know in terms of spent more hours so uh you know in a again pros are it's 24 7 for sure they're responsible 24 hours but you really only are working that hour and a half hard a day um I think I could have pushed myself harder so now I, I look at it as it from the coaching side and I mean it's non-stop the amount of hours you're looking at film you're you're talking dealing with you know scouts and agents and and again I have 30 players on the team right now um, from 12 different countries so it's a diverse group age 16 through 35 and um, I have to get to know them all I think you have to have a relationship with each and every one of them they all learn differently Uh, some learn visually through video some learn through uh, on the field and and walking through things Um, you know everyone kind of needs a different approach so I think it still comes down to the relationships. That's what it comes back to almost every time. Uh, Getting to know your players well, it's the only way you get the most out of them. Uh, If they have a trust and a belief in you that you care about them, um, that is the most powerful thing. It's it's more powerful than talent and it's been our philosophy at the union. Um, Other teams might go by uh, $15 million players, $10 million players, but we believe that uh, 11 players that are cohesive and on the same page and willing to work together can beat any group of superstars. And we've shown that we can do that. You know, we were in first place a lot of the year last year, even as recently in the game against LAFC, uh, where it was quite literally about one, about $130 million in in talent versus seven and a half million dollars in talent. Um, You know, we, we more than uh, hold our own. So that's the cool thing about soccer. There's a million different ways to do it. And I'm not here to tell you what formation or philosophy is the right one. Because there's a there's a million different ways you can do it, and uh, a lot of different ways all work. Uh, but I, it still does come back to the relationships you have with people is the most important important thing, in getting players to trust and buy into things.
0: So, uh, kind of touched on it again. But what's the biggest difference uh, being in the league as as the coach, as a coach, or as a player? Is there more? You feel more responsibility as the coach, or do you feel more responsibility being able to 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 contribute on the field?
1: Oh, man. Uh, coaching, you feel helpless. So you prepare them as best you can during the week. And then that opening whistle blows. And sure, you can tweak a few things here or there and make a sub or put El Seno in and he'll score you a great goal. <laughs> but you you, you you feel helpless. You know, you kind of, it starts and, and you'll see guys that maybe are struggling and they look for help. But that means that means I've failed and I haven't prepared them uh, as best I can. Because look, you can have a game plan going into a game, but you want to have your players so confident and, and so dialed into the details that if something shifts from the opposition, they don't even need me. They can actually do it on their own. Um, you want to have an empower. And this is the job of every coach to have basically 11 captains out there that can kind of lead themselves um, and hold each other accountable during the course of the 90 minutes. So um, as much as, Coaches get too much credit for wins and maybe too much blame for losses. Um, I think it still does come down to, um, yeah, prepare them the best you can and that give them ownership of, of it. Um, get them to buy into a couple key points that you want out of them that week based on the opponent's strength and weaknesses. Uh, and then once that whistle blows, though, it is a helpless feeling. I, I, you can't help them, uh, you can't go out there for them. And uh, that's the biggest difference that I struggle with uh, on the day to day. You know, I do miss it. I miss weird things like st- stupid stuff that would trigger in my mind. I actually got nervous before games to the point where I almost would throw up when I was a uh, a player. Um, but now as a, as a coach, I miss silly things like when they walk out of the tunnel and you can hear the studs hitting the cement. Like I don't get that anymore. You know what I mean? So that, that part's gone, like little triggers in your brain. So I miss that part of things, but I actually don't miss, you know, playing a ton I actually like this side of things and, and trying to get 30 guys on the same
0: page um, each week with a new challenge it's pretty cool and and being a hometown guy being the head coach of the Philadelphia Union, you, do you think there's uh, a bit more of pride coming coming from it that it is your hometown or is it would it be the same across the board
1: no, it's totally it's, – I feel a lot more pressure and a lot more weight. You know, the, the, the thing I want to bring to the city is a, a championship. You know, and, again, it goes back to the, the amount of kids now that walk around in soccer jerseys. There's also adults that, that if I'm out walking the dog or, I'm, I'm, you know, just at the local restaurant or coffee shop or across the street, um, you know, there's a great game and uh, what, a, what, a, what a great performance And your team is so fun to watch. Like, that's the ultimate compliment you can get. But it's Philly, so I also get the. Uh, when we the don't play side, well. I, I, I should get it as well. So that's that's normal, and I love that part of of, of this city. And that you know, um, yeah. more so than any city in the in the country, in Philly, um, you know, respect isn't just given to people; you have to earn it. So I like that part of people, uh, and it's a it's a real city that way. You know, you you go out to L.A. and it's beautiful and it's nice, and but you know the people aren't quite like they are here. They're not real. Um, so. I hope there's no Californians on this, but that would be a good result. <laughs> but no, that's how it is. We're wired a little different, and that's what makes it a great city. But I certainly feel um, more pressure. You know, more like uh, like how you'd be with your parents. You don't want to let them down. You know what I mean? It's 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 almost like guilt. And letting them down feels worse than like uh, you know when you know when mom and dad tell you they're disappointed in you. That's almost worse when when they're angry at you. You know, so don't yeah. with that feeling. Um, and that's something that I kind of um, you know I aspire to bring a trophy to the city for sure.
0: We've been close, but not quite yet. <laughs> it's coming. It's definitely on the way. <laughs> I speak for a lot of people with saying that you're making a lot of us proud, and it's it's been fun to watch, and we're we're happy for you. Yeah um
1: it's been, it's been fun I'm enjoying it like I said I never worked a real day in my life so I'm trying to keep it that way as long as possible
0: <laughs> there you go uh yeah. that's 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 all I have from from my end um I want to kind of now kick it over to Dwayne and I'm, I think Chris joined us uh you guys have any questions for Jim before we uh, kick it out to the kids yeah of course um so Jim I want to kind of go back to your time in Chicago
3: where it was Bob Bradley was your coach right yeah yeah, so pretty, really nice guy, but very, very intense, um, as I'm sure you know. He, yeah. uh, he created a, a pretty intense environment for you, um, which, you know, serviced the team very well. Um, my question for you is what ideologies or strategies you take from that, and how do you then implement that into your own team?
1: Yeah, so Bob's Bob's biggest strength is um the environment that he created, you know. So when you walked into the locker room there, it was a, a culture and an environment of of learning, of wanting to get better. Um the amount of film that he watched and look, it was on old you kids won't even know what a VH, uh, VCR is and a VHS tape, and it would be stop the line and play and you go yeah, through yeah. The games and um one of his best qualities was you know. You would think you played a great game. I, for example, would play a great game against the LA Galaxy, and I'd come into the locker room feeling good about myself. And he'd say, "Jim, come sit with me." He'd show me, and I'd walk away from it thinking I just played the worst game of my life. Conversely, <laughs> though, if I played a bad game, he would show me all the great things I did. So again, it was that um, he, he created a way of you know you didn't want to let him down. Um, and again, all the guys now he kind of could separate himself and he could leave the room. And somebody would still grab the remote and talk through a play uh, and maybe argue through it. And it was just this culture. um, I didn't realize it at the time, but he was creating coaches. You know, that's what we all were. And that's what we all wound up becoming. It's not easy to do because I think a lot of people try to create environments like that. um, And it oftentimes comes off as false and, and, uh, uh, you know, not real. Um, But Bob just had a way with people. And he touched on it. He was intense and he was intimidating. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't get to know the good Bob, where he can joke and have a beer and you know listen to his Bruce Springsteen or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> he's a great person, and again, a guy I owe a lot to. Um, but it comes down to you know the word culture. It gets thrown around all the time. You hear it right. in sports. You hear it in different um, companies. And look, everybody's read different books on leadership now, and everybody knows all the key buzzwords and the jargon but most of them are full of it. You know, that's the bottom line. So uh, certain people are real with it, and and Bob had a way uh, of really bringing the best out of people. And uh, it came down to, again, our training sessions. When I say they were the hardest things I've ever been a part of because of the competitors in the group and the players making it hard and intense. Um, The training sessions were so intense that the weekends, the games, were the easiest, most fun part of the week because we competed so hard every day. It was great. It was fun. It made you want to come every day, you know you wanted to be there and you didn't want to leave early, so that was cool yeah.
3: that's awesome awesome so, yeah, absolutely, um but I think like we like Tom said, you're doing a great job so far
1: Thank um, you. you guys as well so, so
3: when you came in as interim and then again you you make the jump to the to the head coach it's it's rough seas to start, but you're able to kind of settle settle the ship um, yeah. and, and get the get the crew kind of going if you could go back to Day one, what advice would you give yourself on how to go through that process and what it took to, again, get to where you're at now?
1: Yeah, so, look, you're, you're, you're nervous um, and you think about it all night, that, that first team talk that you have to give, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, could, be, could I go back and do that better now? Absolutely. I could do it a lot better. <laughs> but at the same time, what I wanted to do was um, strengthen the team defensively. We were giving up too many goals at the time. I won't bore you too much with the details, but it was basically – Look, guys, one thing we can control is how hard we all defend and, and work off the ball. Um, and, look, I, I, if you say one thing about me as a coach, that I that when I do get criticized publicly, um, the two criticisms I get are he's too nice and that he's too honest in the media. And I'm going, all right, if they write on my tombstone he's too nice and too I'll, 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 I'll deny with that. That's okay. Yeah. I can take those two <laughs> criticisms. But, no, I, I think I had a way with just kind of – getting the players to, to buy in and look, we never, we haven't ha- yet had the most talented group like ever, you know what I mean? Like we're not, if you went man for man, we're probably not the the most talented team, but our players never, never quit on me, which is uh, uh, a great first step. And in, in getting that buy-in from them was something that I needed from the start. Um, mm. And it comes down to, again, man, I, I think I said it a hundred times with the relationships you get with these kids, because um, that's what they are. They're kids that, that you know, I, I think sometimes we think, Pro athletes are superstars or super, you know, superheroes. They're just people, you know, and you get to know them Mm -hmm. on a human level um, and you get what makes them tick and you you pull out their strengths and you try to minimize their weaknesses. But I think that first team talk was uh, nerve wracking for me, um, but getting them to buy in was the initial goal. Um, But over the years, I've learned uh, a lot of different lessons along the way. I made some big mistakes um, for sure. Um, I made some good decisions. And and again, you kind of have to grow and learn off of each experience and always try to get better. Again, I take a trip a year to a a club in Europe um, to try to learn and grow and and improve myself. Absolutely. Very cool. Uh,
3: So you kind of talked about it before, you know, four sporting directors in five years, 12, 12 different countries represented in the locker room. How do you get everyone to buy in? What is it that keeps them together?
1: Yeah, look, a lot of people would see that as a negative because there's a lot of turnover in terms of, you know, the change at, at the top. Um, but I, I've always looked at it as a positive. You know, for example, I learned a, a lot from from Ernie Stewart in terms of possession. He he wanted to always have the ball. Um, you know, So we got pretty good at that. And now we have uh, Ernst Tanner, who's a genius without the ball, and he wants to play transition and and let the other team have the ball. But we're going to set traps and turn them over in, in spots that it'll lead to our goals so if we've almost had a blend of of of, uh, of the two um, so I think you can always take different bits of advice uh, and, and ideas from the game uh, from different people um, mm-hmm. you know so I, I think in in a weird way that that one's been a positive for me uh, I'm, I'm all in now and in love with kind of this Red Bull way um, Ernst has been great and obviously I have a and one of the guys from those Chicago teams just by chance is, is now coaching uh, Red Bull Salzburg in, in the Champions League and, and doing great things against, you know, when they play Liverpool, he's the first American coach over there. So I was with him for the past 10 days or last 10 days uh, in the offseason. And, you know, you pick his brain, you learn from him, you have a beer, you have a 2 a.m. argument over tactics. It's, it's good. Yeah. You know? You're always trying yeah. to grow and learn and, and get better.
3: Very cool. And my final question. Um, can you give us two memorable moments from your life so far? One as a coach, and then one as a player. Oh man, tough one for you to end.
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough one. So I'll go. I'll go coach first. Look, you always remember your first win, and wins are important. But I honestly, I find the most pride I've got. I get now is is when the people that are closest to me um, and, and that I respect the most in the game whether those be coaches or players now, current players, when they give me a call and they just say, I love watching your team play like that's, that's it. That's the ultimate for me, you know? So if Bob Bradley says, I I like watching your guys play, or he gives a compliment in the press about us and and the way my team goes about their business, that is like, that's what you do this for, you know, the respect of your, your peers. Um, And I'm not telling kids to just follow and do what others say, but for me, that is the one thing that, um, that hits uh, the best. Um, as a player, I I, I was just named a starter in the All-Star game, again, because I had good players around me. But that was a individual, selfish moment that was cool for me. I wore Absolutely. my dad's football number, number 33, and that. So that was a cool one and, and hit wow. pretty hard. Um, the championships were fun, too. Um, those are forever. You know, when you win a championship with a group of guys, whether it's at a youth level or a pro level, uh, those are forever. They, they last forever. No one can take them away, and you have those memories. and it makes you close with those guys for, for, for the rest of your life. So um, some special moments uh, along the way for sure. Um, I changed jerseys with Maldini. That was, the kids won't know who Maldini is, but we played AC Milan Milan and I was an offender. So changing jerseys with him afterwards was, I could have cried and quit then. That was good.
3: (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, that's it for me. Um, Thanks again for coming on. Um, I don't know if, we uh, if Chris wants to uh, wants to
2: jump in. Yeah, what's going on, Jim? How are you, man? What's up, Chris? How you been, buddy? Good to see you. Yeah, likewise. It's been a while. You know you, like you can still play? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Dwayne and Tom will probably Price, otherwise. Okay, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so quick question. Um, I guess just two main things. One, I know you obviously grew up. You got you guys might have touched on it. Uh, but you grew up obviously in a household of, of soccer players where, you know, both you and your brother both ended up playing pro yeah. and had success at every level. Um, how important was that to have somebody kinda that one was looking up to you too who also could push you in a different way where it's like, Hey, I I need to be a role model, you know, a leader for my little brother, um as well as, you know, continue to push hard because he's pushing hard, you know?
1: Yeah, another another great question. I'm telling you, you guys are better than the media. I, don't tell the silly <laughs> media I said this. the national <laughs> media. But. Um, but no that's a that's a great one look um I think all the kids on this call know sibling rivalries have a little extra in them for sure. Um, my dad actually got a a full size soccer goal and it barely fit in our backyard, but it was put in our backyard and some of the battles me and my little brother had um kind of molded us. look, I was significantly older than him I was five almost five years older than him, um, which is a big difference, a big gap so um I never took it easy on him. I never let him win. <laughs> uh, it was that kind of relationship. So I, I think it brought uh, a lot out of him. Um, it certainly helped me along the way. I think little known fact, he actually played professionally on the same team as me in Chicago and the same position. And at one point he took my job. So again, that's a real awkward one. Uh, he, that's a real awkward <laughs> one when he's living with me and, and my wife at the time. Uh, and he's, that's, a, that's a tough one. He's playing well enough. So I'm happy that he's playing so good but he took yeah. my spot, you know? So um, unfortunately he had some injuries uh, right after that and, and his career got cut short. But um, to Chris's point, the, the competitiveness and, and again, so much of this game is, 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 yes, your coaches can give you um, a great structure and a great environment, but now what do you do with it when nobody's watching? You know what I mean? So it's easy on the weekends when, when the mom and dad are out cheering you on and, and, and again, are. or, are supporting you, but what do you do when when no one's watching? Are you out in the backyard working on your game? Put the iPads down, put the video games down, and and, and play the game we all love. I think that's really what separates you. Every pro has a story along that way, boys and girls, um, uh, of just falling in love with the game and working hard on their own in the backyard. But certainly with my brother, man, we were both competitive. Um, I won't say this to him, but he was more athletic than me. He could jump higher. He was probably a better athlete in basketball. (laughs) But I still never let him win at anything. He still never beat me one on one in basketball. Once it got close, I just quit playing.
3: <laughs> I think you might have just challenged him. He's listening. He's listening somewhere.
1: Is he on here? Yeah. I'll shoot, <laughs> shoot, kids! I said shoot.
2: Yeah, that was, that was kind of a little unfair. I know you personally, so it was an unfair loaded question. <laughs> but yeah, to the second point, actually, uh, back to your Chicago days. I know, like you said before, and again, uh, knowing you personally, I've seen. Uh, probably was a couple of years ago we put on your Facebook maybe about uh you know the game and the league being different nowadays than it was back in the day I mean like you said there were what 10 11 teams back then I remember my one of my first years playing when I was in Miami you know we scrimmaged you right and you know now there I think there are probably 10 teams in that league so now there's what 20 some odd teams in, in the That's MLS and cool. Yeah so I mean what that obviously breeds opportunity so what would you say towards the kids that are kind of looking to or aspire to be at that level now versus you know what you had in your mind you know going into the pro?
1: Yeah look it's totally different and it starts with the coaching that kids are getting now. Um, Look there was incredible players in the Philly area long before me that were, were better players than me but there wasn't the opportunity to play professionally and there wasn't a league yet so um, you know, as the coaching's now improved at the youth level, and, again, I see what kids are able to do at young ages, uh, I'm so impressed, and it's really fun. It puts a smile on my face. Um, but to your point, the, uh, back in the day, there was, there was only, uh, again, 160 jobs. Now there's 26 teams, 30-player rosters. There's entire second teams and youth academies. Um, the, the chances to make it now as a pro are, are more than ever. Uh, and look, at some point in your career, you're going to be told by somebody that you're not good enough and your job has to be to prove them wrong. I have been wrong as a coach on players more times than I can count. And I've gotten things – I've made mistakes on, on judging players. So, um, again, there's going to be highs and lows during your development. Um, you don't want to peak at age 9 or 10. And, and, and again, uh, it's a long process. And, and I've seen players now – sometimes it doesn't hit till 25, 26 years old until you get the best out of them, you know. So um, stick with it, you know, take the advice that your coaches are giving you uh, and try to grow and get better every day. And a lot of the things that um, we talked about on this call can can kind of come true.
2: Thanks a lot, boss. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Uh, I think that does it for us over here. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. Want to thank Coach Jim for coming and doing this. Uh, give, me,
1: give me some kids' questions. I want some kids' questions. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> send in. You got. Send them in. Send them in, everyone. Let them talk. Let the kids talk. Give me. Uh, give me. Give me a good one. <laughs> All
0: right. Let's see what I find in here. <laughs> I'm gonna put a couple of my young boys on the spot
1: here. They don't want to hear me talk. I want to hear them talk.
0: <laughs> Diamond, you're on, pal. Can you hear? Can you hear him? Go ahead, Simon. Where's Simon and Nora, we're all listening. How are you doing? Great, thank you. you. You definitely put this sibling rivalry into, uh, into a get, get going <laughs> in the yard.
1: You yes. guys you. got a haircut rivalry, it looks like. That's a good haircut, uh, I like that. <laughs> Quarantine thank cuts.
0: You got a question? A question, fellas, and Nora.
1: Oh. 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 Do I have a question? Come on, bring a question. You guys got one question for me? Don't be shy. Um, <laughs> I do
0: one if you have, um. your favorite?
1: What did they say? I couldn't get. I could make it out. Couldn't she yeah.
0: tried fun like you played with your brother.
1: How long did I play with my brother?
0: No, who won?
1: Oh, who won? I always won. Are you kidding me? I never let him win. I was older. I was the older brother.
0: Yeah.
1: Now nah, he went. He wound up going. I, I went to Villanova. He went to Georgetown. You know, he played professionally in Chicago. Also, um, he was really good. I don't admit it in front of him, but he was probably
0: better than me. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow, do you have a question? What was your favorite subject in school?
1: That's a great mm. question. Favorite subject in school. So I I like science. Science was my favorite. I liked doing science experiments and, and that always interested me. I wasn't the best at math, but I, I enjoyed my time with science. It's a good one. <laughs>
0: Tommy, I heard, you, I heard you yelling back there. You got a question for
2: Coach uh, Jim? Oh, yeah. Um,
0: who was your favorite player as a kid?
1: Oh, that's a great one. Uh, so my favorite player growing up, there was a guy, he has a cool name. You guys may have never heard of him, but if you Google him, he'll come up. His name is Zinedine Zidane. He was really, really talented. Um, he played for France. He played for Real Madrid played for Juventus. He was a really good player um and I liked him. I also liked I liked Roy Keane who played for Manchester United. I liked him a lot as well. Um but again, you guys might not have heard heard of those guys. But if you like today's players, obviously Messi's fun to watch. I like Cristiano Ronaldo, but I like uh center backs. I like defenders. So um Virgil van Dijk at at at, uh, at Liverpool is my current, you know. If I could get one guy to the union, I'd take him. He would
0: make us. You <laughs> set. <laughs> Does anybody else have a question for Coach Jim? Let's see. Do you – what are your motives, your biggest motive?
1: My biggest My biggest motivation? Um, That's a good question. So, look, I – Every day I think you know is a is a new opportunity um you know i think look at, if you look at today's situation, a lot of us are are stuck inside and and we want nothing more than to be outside playing the the game that we love. Um, we've just now started with um with our individual training uh so you know every day I think brings new motivation so for me today it was as simple as trying to get the most out of the guys in in the, in the training environment that we have set up, which is a new one and a unique one, but um, we're making the most of it. So um, I think even in these hard times, you can have different motivation and, and motives uh, for every day to start new, set goals. I'd encourage all of you um, when your season starts, and even now is a great time to do it because we have nothing but time in our houses, write down what your goals are for the next season. And you'd be amazed how many times, When you actually put them down on paper and you put them away in your desk and you reevaluate them one year later, you'll reach a lot of them. Um, But if you don't write them down and you don't have things to measure, um, the years just kind of disappear. So um, part of having motivation, I think, involves goal setting for yourselves as individuals and then also maybe some goals for your teams, things you can improve. Um, I think those are good lessons for you guys, and
0: I would encourage all of you to do it.
1: Good questions. We've got a smart group.
0: Hey, Coach Jim, we just had a write-in. That, uh, Joe Picone asked, "When you were a kid, how long did you practice every day?"
1: Oh man, so that that's a good one. And um, you know, when I was a kid, it was a, maybe a little bit of a it was different. You know, we would go out in the summers, especially at eight in the morning, and we wouldn't be back till it was dark out. You know, and we would play whatever sport was in season. So you know, it'd be soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever, um, just to keep ourselves going. Um, it was maybe less. Um, structured and organized so we didn't have the 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 quality coaches that we had here but we would just play on our own so it's tough to put a exact timeline on it um, in terms of hours Um, but I can say I I spent a lot of time in the backyard um, with my brother Uh, again those moments now when nobody's watching you are the real moments to improve Um, and and again remember what you work on with your coaches but then take it home and, and work on it in the backyard on your own in your own time Get off the Roblox, Roblox, and Fortnite.
3: Yeah, <laughs> get, get outside,
0: fresh air. <laughs> All right, we'll do one more question. Anybody else have a question?
2: Make it good. <laughs> Surprised We haven't gotten anything from the twins or 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 Mr. Webb. I know. <laughs> They're always yeah. Let's see
0: Once twice almost. all right,
1: all
3: right, all right. Jim
0: Just, we'll wrap it up before,
3: you, right. before we let you go, Jim, can you give us uh, a little sneak peek on what we can expect moving forward from the union?
2: Yeah, you know a awesome.
3: lot of, we have a lot of fans we we, we in, inquiring ears want to know.
1: Yeah, look, in terms of the structure of how things are going to move forward, um, you know, it looks like we're going to be playing in a competition in Orlando where all 26 teams will be stationed in one Disney hotel and there'll be a a tournament that'll be televised to get uh, excitement back and get us playing again. Um, That'll be a long process away from uh, our families, which is difficult, but uh, that's the reality of what it looks like now. Um, And then from there, I, I think you'll see a team that, um, is a lot of the things that we touched on on the call. You know, they're, they're young, they're fearless, and they're, they're afraid. They respect everybody, but they're going to challenge everybody. I think uh, it's a carryover from last year's team. Um, and our belief and philosophy is, again, all 11 players working together can beat any group of superstars. Um, so it's going to be a fun team to watch for sure. A uh, you know, couple young new players that have been brought in. Uh, the kid Jose Martinez will add a nice dimension. I think Casper will be important in, in what he does in terms of goal scoring now um, when the rest of the league is trying to stop him even more now that they know uh, what he's about. Uh, we'll need another big year from El who's who does things that makes every coach look good. I can't teach anything that he does and I take no credit for it. So uh, it's a real lovable group. Uh, it's a fun group of guys. Um, and, and again, you know, from front to back, up the spine of it with with Andre Blake, with our strong center backs, good um, midfielders and strikers we have a a really good group to watch so it's going to be fun i encourage you guys to come out and see us i'm sure i'll see you all at the game and this is awesome thanks so much for having me and i mean it when i say um really good questions the whole way through um better than than i get in the in the the press that's for sure
3: (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate you uh spending your time with us as well yeah very
0: much again guys stay safe
1: and we'll see you soon
0: good luck going the rest of the way Thanks, well, man, yeah. Take it easy, good to yeah.
1: see you, Chris. Yeah. Take it easy to see Dwayne. a
0: good one. Thanks.